Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. In this week's episode, I welcome Gen Z career guide Jay Dusold back to the podcast. Today's episode is the second in a two part series focused on building strong relationships with our teens before they move out of the house. In part one, Jay and I talked about repairing and reconciling broken relationships. If you've been struggling to make amends with your teen, you might want to go back and listen to episode 61. In the second part, we are focusing on how to begin cultivating a bond with our teens. The goal is to build a strong friendship that will last throughout their adulthood. It all starts with envisioning the relationship you hope to have, and it ends with the importance of consistency. There's a whole lot of steps in between, and as always, Jay provides valuable, actionable tips for parents to start applying today. There's a lot here to unpack, so let's get started. Welcome to the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. Are you tired of watching the teenagers in your life trying desperately to keep up on the high school hamster wheel? Is your teen confused about which direction to take after high school graduation? Our world is changing, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they can feel empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we will explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and I can't wait to take this journey with you. Hey, Jay, thanks for being here again on the High School Hamster Wheel podcast. Hi, Betsy. As always, it's great to be here, and I'm uh, really looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah, me too. You're becoming a regular. Well, I hope you don't mind, but I'm having a great time. (laughs) No, I enjoy having you. You know me, I'd rather uh, have a partner in crime than fly solo. Yes, I'm the same way for sure. Especially on a topic like this, which... I tend to need all the help with that I can get, and that is with connecting and strengthening and building relationships with our teens. We talked recently and aired part one to this interview. So listeners, if you missed part one, you might want to go back and look for it. And that was all about how to make things right when you've blown it with your teen. And today we're going to talk about once you've sort of mended whatever those wrongs were and started to get your relationship back on track, how you can take it from kind of that our relationship is okay to we have a really strong, fantastic connection, right? Yes. And you're a good example because you talk a lot about that in the LA 12 group for parents about your relationship with your two grown sons and what you did during the teen years to foster and strengthen those relationships. So I'm looking forward to sharing some of those tips and strategies um, with my audience. So for those who maybe haven't heard part one or or previous episodes with Jay, I'm just going to ask him to give a quick intro of who he is and what he does. Great. All right. Well, as Betsy said, I'm Jay Dussault. Uh, I am currently a Gen Z career guide. So I help young people really understand their internal wiring and, and how, how they are, uh, you know, how they're put together and some of the facets of the, uh, their innate design that directly relate to career guidance. And then I help them uh, discover career positions that would actually align with their design and be a great fit for them. 
So uh, this is the current work I'm doing. I've actually worked with teenagers for a large part of my life, in addition to uh, raising two two sons uh, with my wife, Elaine. So young, young people have always been uh, a, a centerpiece of my life, and I love the work that I'm now doing specifically with, with career guidance. Yeah, I love the work you're doing too. It's so important and so needed. And while your focus, your main focus right now is on being a career guide, we talk a lot about different things in the Life After 12th Facebook group, but also you and I on our own having to do with teens. Because yes, while we want to help them find and find a career that they love and will stick with, there's also lots of other things along the way that we as parents need help with. So in our last episode in this series, we talked a lot about um, how the past created barriers in relationships, mm-hmm. um, how to say I'm sorry and mean it, <laughs> yeah, and um, how to focus on the actual wound or the hurt and not just the offense, you know, mm-hmm. what it did and, and how it affected your teen. And also, um, you know, steps to repairing your relationship. So let's make the assumption that the relationship or those wrongs have been repaired, or at mm-hmm. least on the road to repair and recovery. What's next? What are the things we can do as parents to strengthen and connect, stre- strengthen the relationship and connect with our teens? And I will say this too, you know, as a parent, with a teenager who's, he's a junior. So I I feel like time is slipping away from me. I have one more year. And while I feel like our relationship is in a pretty good place, I really do worry about once he's gone, whether he goes to Uh college or whatever his path is, I want him to want to come home, right? Uh I want him to feel like he really enjoys being with us, his parents, and he wants to spend time with us and he wants to make an effort to be with us. So I know that's a lofty goal, but mm-hmm. I'm hoping you have some advice on that. Sure. And it's a worthy goal, by the way. I, I encourage parents all the time to base some of their parenting in the teen years and actually even earlier in the ele- years of elementary age uh, is to always have the vision of relating to their 20-something in mind. And, you know, it's kind of like starting with the end in mind that we say in many arenas that uh, it really is a great piece of advice for us as parents is to say, you know, envision that relationship where your kids seek you out, where your kids receive from you, where your kids express concern for you, where there is a a, a true sincerity of uh, mutual investment in the strength and health of that relationship. Like imagine that when they're in their early twenties into, you know, their, their full adulthood. Like, so it's with that really worthwhile vision of of a, of a relationship of that magnitude and quality that, that we have to keep in our minds when we're parenting in the years in which they're much younger. So that, that's one, one thing I would say uh, first kind of, you know, more of a, a larger mindset issue is is keep that vision of of what you want with your adult children in mind and realize it will not happen without being intentional that that is something that you have to work really hard for it's doable but it does take hard work and and as you've already said we kind of addressed the first part last week which is 
to clear up any offenses, any wounds, any things that, that we've done against them or that have caused them hurt that we need to clear up before we can really build into the future and move forward. So I understand what you're saying about being intentional Um, and making that effort. But I bet there's a, I don't know this, but I would assume there's a fine line between being intentional and being that helicopter parent, Mm, right? Like that trying to stay connected to them and involved and building that bond, but at the same point, not smothering them and overwhelming them and nagging them and being in their business all the time. That's really good. Yes. There's a fine line. (laughs) (laughs) Which, you know, from my experience and all the uh, hundreds of parents that we connect to in LA-12, just based on that experience, this is not really my own opinion. I just want everyone to hear that. Uh, dads tend to have less of an issue with the smothering and the helicoptering. <laughs> so uh, moms, you know, tend, tend to do that a little more, you know, in our uh, home environment. Uh, you know, my wife, Elaine, would admit that she she did that a little bit more than I did. Um, but yes, you're right. There is that fine line and it, it's worth it's worth going after and it's worth navigating, you know, but 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 there is that fine line. So I think, Betsy, the starting point, like what I tell parents, in addition to have that vision in mind when they're parenting now, uh, a big thing that will really help with the avoidance of smothering and helicoptering is start seeing your teen the way that you see a peer, right? So if if you start looking at your teenager the way that you look at one of your closest friends, right? That that will help. So do you like are do you smother your friends? You know, like, are you like helicoptering your friends? Are you like always pointing out things? You're always correcting things. You're always staying on top of your friend's business, right? So I, I think that's the the best and most helpful analogy of what we're really going after here in the second phase of like moving forward and building after we've reconciled. It's it's you have to start thinking about your teen as a peer and seeing them primarily as a relationship to cultivate, right? Not a, not, not, not a, um, not an error to correct, not a, a lesson that needs to be taught, not a, uh, you know, a drowning victim who needs a life raft thrown, but primarily as a relationship a friendship that needs to be cultivated. Okay. So many things to unpack there. Where to go first. So we talked about this before, you know, the parent versus the friend role, right? Mm-hmm. And because they are still teenagers, they all they still live under our roof. They still don't make the best decisions all the time. Um, and they're not legal adults. So I, I I hear what you're saying and I like what you're saying. I guess my question is, again, it's a fine line, right? So there are times when you have to be the parent, right? Like mm-hmm. you missed curfew, right. therefore you lose the car keys, whatever it might be. Yeah. And how do you get your teen to see you in a different light as not that parent who's making me do chores or that parent who took my car keys away and that, wow, she's pretty cool. 
Like I want to yeah. hang out with her, which never happens in my life, but yet, yet, but it's going to after this episode. <laughs> <it's going to. laughs> All right. So I think a really important starting point is to realize at this phase, why, while I certainly advocate and I'm huge on this and I really, really want to kind of, you know, just, just shout this out so loudly to everyone. Yes, you have to primarily see your teens as a peer, a, a friendship to, to be cultivated, like a peer. They're not a peer, but it's the friendship factor that you need to think about in terms of a peer. But yes, you still are a parent. You still have to guide and provide and protect. So I am not advocating that we abandon those roles, okay? What I'm saying is, as far as the relationship is concerned, we think about it as a friendship, right? We still have to do the guiding. We still have to do providing. We still have to do protecting. We still have to administer consequences for things. And we should do all that lovingly and graciously, although firmly and consistently. But when it comes to relationship, we have to transfer the idea that my relationship with them is about the role of providing or correcting you know, or, or, you know, uh, protecting to looking at them in the lens of purely the relationship for the relationship's sake and seeing it as a friendship that needs to be cultivated. Gotcha. And when you have a teen who doesn't want a friendship with you, like for example, Hey, let's have a family game night on Friday night no thanks, I'd rather play online games with my friends. Or, hey, let's all watch this movie together. I've seen that movie, it stinks. I'd rather watch XYZ. Because again, like I'm not cool mom. <laughs> they sure. don't want to hang out with me. So any tips on how we get that? Because it works two ways, right? I mean, we want th to, them to start seeing us as not just that parent, but also somebody they want to cultivate a relationship with in their life now and for years to come. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And that, and, and, and that is a legitimate concern and a legitimate barrier. So uh, I think there are, there are three things that are important for parents to work at consistently, regardless of the response they see. Okay. Now I, I've, I've been, again, I, I've been involved with teenagers for dozens of years and I've worked with parents and I've seen parents who ha have, have sought, you know, my input on building a better relationship with their teen. And I'll walk them through some of these things and coach with them. And I only come to find out that, you know, they're really not following through, they're not doing it. And then they'll say, it's not working. And I'll say, well, did you try it? Well, I tried once and they weren't interested. So I just said, well, forget it. <laughs> That, that it doesn't work that way. These things, especially if they really haven't been part of the family dynamic all along, and now all of a sudden they're being introduced. Wow, there's there's got to be uh, you know a, a, a reality check that these things are probably not going to be embraced fully right away early on. And that's okay. The, the important part is just consistently doing them regardless of what you see happening in response right away. Just keep doing them. Okay. Yeah, that's good advice. It's kind of that, you know, 
we're going to have family night and you're going to like it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, I think, you know, j- jumping from not having a lot of relational building into like a family night, it might be too big of a leap. So here's, here's, this is going to, we're going to get granular here. This is like rubber meets the road. Okay. This is what parents can actually start doing today as a result of the podcast episode. Okay. So number one, and by the way, this is, this, these three things come from simply thinking about our peers, right? If you're listening and you know, you're a, a, a parent, you have peers, you have friends right now, right? So just think about that. Get locked into your mind like one of your closest friends, right? When you think about that friendship, what are the core elements that make that friendship what it is, that give that friendship the quality that it has? When we think about those three things or think about that, what would you say, Betsy, are the things that go into that kind of relationship, that level of friendship that you have with a close friend? Well, I think at this point, common interests, right? And and also our kids are the same ages. So we're in the sort of the same stage of life. Um, it might be that I always say, you know, I surround myself with people that make me better. So somebody who challenges me or makes me laugh or, and cares about me, you know, if I'm having a bad day, checks in with me, that sort of stuff. Okay. Yeah. So, so you, you hit on the first one, which is, you know, I, I think this is true, by the way, these three things are true across any human relationship. Right. And so again, part of the, part of the real struggle is just, I know this is so hard, but it's so important. We have to put our kids in the category of a friendship that we need to cultivate. All right. And so when we do that, we're thinking about doing things with our teens and investing and building this relationship the same exact way we would with a with one of our close peer friends, right? So the first thing is common interests, right? So it, this is really helpful to try to identify common interests that you already have or create them right? Create common interests with your teen by you getting into their world and becoming a student of the things they're into, right? Now, now you might be saying, oh my gosh, that's a lot of work. Well, it is. Aren't, you know, friendships, good friendships, meaningful relationships typically are work. They require work. But, but that's the first element is just work at these common interests, and it could be something you're already doing, or it might be something that you actually have to create. And you will be most successful by getting in their world and becoming a student of, of who they are and what they're into. And then you adopting that now is something that you're going to begin to get into. Don't you know that you're a grown up? I'm a grown up. Me too. Yep, me too. But you know, these days being a grown up can really suck. Luckily, we're grown ups who grew up in the coolest generation. We had video arcades. And also some of the best TV and movies ever made. We lived the origin of awesome consumer electronics. The list goes on and on. Yep, Generation X. Exactly. And we're Gen X Grown Up. Every week, the Gen X Grown Up podcast explores media, tech, 
toys, games, and more from both yesterday and today. Through the eyes of Generation Xers who absolutely love that stuff. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or find us on our website, GenXGrownUp.com. All right, you think that was good enough? I I hope so, man. I'm tired. (laughs) Who listens to a promo on a podcast and then goes and listens to a different podcast? I've never done it. (laughs) So in other words, I need to start playing video games. Is that what you're telling me? Yeah, yeah, that, that might be. That might be a great way to start building, you know, a common interest is you know, you as a parent saying, man, my, my kid's world revolves around this game. Like, just listen to what you would have just said. If your kid's world revolves around that, if you're in that world, you have a better chance of them connecting with you. Gotcha. Right. And so, um, and even if you just pick one thing, you know, you, you just pick one thing that seems to be the most important uh, thing that consumes most of their attention, their affection, their energy, and just pick that one thing where you start to become a student on it. You start to embrace that and pursue that. Well, one of the things that I think is most important to them right now are their friends, their peer group, right? It's whatever they're doing, they want to be doing, or, you know, they look to them for approval and for inclusion. So I'm pretty sure they're not going to let me uh, join in with their friends. A friend group, nor do I want to, but I see what you're saying. Um, so yeah, I have to think about this for a while, like what that, what that commonality could be. Yeah, it, it could, it could be things, um, you know, it could be maybe, uh, just, just a hobby. It could be a, a subject matter. It could be, you know, even building friendships could be a, a common interest that you both have. And, and maybe if they're like really into friends, then like help them learn how to be a good friend, you know, show that you're interested in them having quality relationships. Right. So, so it's like, whatever are some of the things that, that they are into adopting that for yourself becomes a way to create a common interest with, with your kids. The, the second thing, which I think is really important, um, and is one of those elements that are in any relationship where there is strength and vitality and health, and that is shared experiences. Uh, so shared experiences, you know, are basically th- things that you do together. They are experiences that just from the experience put you in proximity with the person. Uh, it causes you to interact with the person. And if you, again, look at your own peers and people who are good friends with you, I am certain that you will find this element of shared experiences. Yeah, that's true. And I think it's tough right now because we can't do much and go, you know, Mm -hmm. we can't go anywhere. We can't travel and all that. So, and that's, that's been a big thing for us every year. We take family vacations or we go visit people or places or do certain activities, whatever it might be. And we're sort of limited right now. I mean, eventually we'll be able to do that again, but it it takes a little more effort to find shared experiences at home Mm -hmm. or somewhere that's safe at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, the the restrictions are definitely making this more difficult. Um, But there are two things that I typically encourage. Like one is even thinking about weekly rhythms to create a shared experience. So are there things that maybe you know, you, you 
both do on your own that you can just kind of do together. Maybe there are weekly things like, you know, maybe there's meals, you know, eating meals. Maybe you take one of those meals and you do a weekly outing where you say, hey, we're going to we're going to go out for dinner once a week. Right. And so you build in that weekly rhythm that creates a shared experience. Maybe it's walking. You know, maybe you just say, hey, we want to, you know, let's 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 grab a walk together once a week. Or you say, you know, we're going to go out for coffee or something. You know, it's just establishing a simple thing, maybe that doesn't exist yet, but it's a function that's there. And you just do it together and you turn it into a weekly rhythm. Um, other things could be maybe not weekly rhythms, but could be things like working out, shopping, going to the movies, concerts. Again, I know some of these are, are not possible right now. Um, uh, hobby related things, museum trips. I mean, it could be anything that's going to give you a shared experience. Now, obviously, if you choose something that is of interest to your son or your daughter, you're going to increase the likelihood that they're going to actually want to do it. You might not say that's the first thing I would have chosen to do, but if it's of interest, you're going to right away eliminate that barrier of, of not having an interest to actually go do that and participate in that shared experience. Okay. That's good advice. Yeah. I guess it was so much easier when they were younger to have those shared experiences because they were up for anything. You know, you want to go to Legoland? Yeah, let's go. Or you want to go to the beach? Sure. sure. And now it's like, you want to go to the beach? Nah. <laughs> Yeah. Another way too, and this would really depend on the, you know, the, the, the level or the quality of your relationship is, is to say to them, Hey, I would like to do this with you. It would be really meaningful to me. You know, could do you think that's something you could accommodate or tolerate? <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. Now, again, if, if there's like a really su- super strained relationship that's there, you know, that might not go over well, but if you're like, Hey, you know, I, I think my kid would be sensitive and open enough to be like, Hey, this would be important to mom. I absolutely need to accommodate her. So yeah, sure. Mom, I'll do that with you. Right. So, so again, that's an option too, is just to express to your son or daughter, how meaningful this would be, and then get into that shared experience with them. Yeah. I've been actually working on that a lot lately, telling them how important they are to me and how I really enjoy spending time with them. And as we talked about previously, not using that time with them to say, by the way, did you finish that assignment? Or, hey, can you clean your bathroom? Or, um, And funny enough, my 15-year-old gave me, uh, at Christmas, he gave me a card with a coupon inside that he had written out himself that said, good for two hours of my time with you, no matter how you want to spend it. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. Wow. Yeah. As long as we're not doing chores. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But I think they realize my currency is mm-hmm. my love language is their time. That's you know? awesome. Yeah. Well, good for you. That's that, that's yeah. He's um, good for him. Jason's a, a, a fine young man. And the <laughs> fact that he's uh, respecting and loving his mama like that is certainly encouraging. Um, but hope. yeah, there's hope. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's good. I know it's, it's good stuff. Uh, so the, the, the third thing that I would just encourage parents again, this is that granular practical thing to do is, is communication again. So, I'm sounding like a broken record here, but I hope this really sinks in. A parent would look at a peer relationship and absolutely see this quality of communication, right? You can't be close with someone. You can't have a meaningful relationship with a friend 
unless you're communicating, right? And so uh, this is a quality that's in any meaningful relationship, right? So here are a couple of things that I would encourage parents to keep in mind as they're working on this third characteristic of communication. Uh, Number one is use a method that they prefer, right? So, you know, if, if your kids are like, man, they don't really are, you know, they're not comfortable or they're not really into like eyeball to eyeball, face to face, sit down dialoguing, which a lot of kids aren't, you know, that's a lost art actually is, is, you know, basic communication stuff that we would think is basic. So, so maybe, maybe, and maybe you can work up to that. Um, but maybe it's just texting, you know, if they like texting, you know, text, send emojis, send gifts, you know, like whatever it is that, that would communicate to them in a way that they'll be receptive. Do that first, start there. A couple of other things, avoid correcting or instructing, you know, again, we've talked about this. You just, you just kind of alluded to it, you know, spending time with your kids is not saying, oh, by the way, right. And then you unleash all this stuff on them. That's either instructing them or correcting them. Uh, I always say focus on encouragement and affirmation. You know, when you've, when you've got that opportunity to say something to them, build them up. You know, if it's a quick text, you know, find something that they did that you really appreciated or look at a character trait about who they are and just say, I appreciate this about you. Can there be five things at that moment that you really dislike about them? Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Could could there be 10 that you actually want them to change yesterday? Absolutely. That's not the point. The point is to, to get this communication flowing and for them to appreciate it and actually welcome it, it should be laced with encouragement, right? Who would want to keep hearing from someone if every time, you know, the, the text ding rang, it was do this or don't do this, or you'd be like, I, I want to mute this person, <laughs> right? But if it was words of, of affirmation or encouragement, you know, you would actually maybe even start looking forward to it. Even if you didn't let on that you really liked it, right? You'd probably really, really look forward to it. Uh, make it frequent. Uh, make it about you initiating communication with them, not their response. So again, just keep doing it. Consistently do these things. Early on, it's not about the response. It's about you becoming faithful and consistent at these things. We believe with hope a response will come, but sometimes it takes a while. Sometimes it takes your kid seeing that they can resist you a little bit and you're not going to quit right away, right? Mm. They're, they're going to say, is mom serious about this? I, I, I can't tell you how many, um, especially dads, I had to really uh, coach through this one point, you know, because they were kind of absent in the relational thing with their kids and then they started it and then they're like, my kid doesn't want to be with me. Like they're not jumping up and down or they're not wagging their tail like the dog when I come home, you know, <laughs> What's going on here? Forget it. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. You haven't been doing this for a while. You got to give it some time. And the worst thing to do is to try it and then quit because there's no response. Because what you're really saying is this isn't worth pursuing for itself and you're not worth pursuing. And that will make things even worse than when you started. So I just always encourage parents, make all this stuff, especially communication, make it about you initiating and being faithful and consistent, regardless of what you see in their response. 
All great advice. And I'm thinking about this now because when my boys first started high school, I used to text them almost daily or pretty much daily to say, have a great day. I'm proud of you. Or you did great. You know, you sound your the band sounded great last night at the football game or whatever it was. And now that they're home so much, I don't do that very often because I can walk into the room and say, hey, but but of course, when I walk into the room and say, hey, can you pick up those socks off the floor? Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> um, so this is good. This is a good reminder. And, um, and yeah, I need to focus more on the relationship, the friendship, than the, the parenting and the nagging, because in the blink of an eye, yep. they will be out of the house and yep. I want them to come back. I'm, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I'm the same way with my kids, Betsy. You're in, you know, I'm a little further ahead. I always say, you know, we have two, two boys. They're two years apart. My kids are two years apart. Mine are a little older, but um, I honestly, I, Elaine and I, we both still work hard at connecting with our kids. Now we're blessed in that they seek us out. Like they ask us to do things with them. I mean, they want us in their lives and that's been, you know, since they were little doing things like this, but we still have to work at it. Like we can't take it for granted. I recently uh, brainstormed something I could do with my oldest son that we actually just started yesterday. And it's a a weekly relational thing that we're going to do. And I I have to stay in their lives. Um, But yeah, the texting is a great thing. By the way, just let me rattle these off real quick, but I have a quick list of like the types of texts that you can send. It might be super helpful. Um, There's thinking of you texts which is like, hey, popped into my mind, just wanted to say hi, right? There's well wishes, right? Wishing them something well, like, hey, have a great Monday. Uh, Just encouragement texts, like, hey, hope you crush that, or I know you'll crush that quiz today. Uh, Reflections, which is shared experiences you had. Dinner was great last night, and the conversation was even better. Or love trying that, that new coffee at the cafe last week when we went out, right? It's just reflections, um, anticipations are another text looking forward to blank tomorrow or next week or whatever. Uh, and then funny memes. And obviously, you know, as parents, we, we'll probably botch them terribly, which, which will just, just add more fun to it. Right. Like, Oh, here's mom, like trying to be funny with a meme. She just doesn't get memes. Right? Yeah. But, but that just creates, you know, more fun. And when you, you know, that's just one simple way. To, there's so many different ways you can text, you know, and it's such a quick thing. That's so effective. If, if we'll kind of capture it and use it, you know, for, for this kind of communication and relationship building. I love all those ideas. I'm going to put that list in the show notes um, so people have a handy dandy list that to remind them. Cool. Uh, and when I say people, I mean me because <laughs> I love the, all that variety. I used to when I used to drive my kids to school before they drove themselves. Uh, we carpool in our neighborhood, and I used to drive a bunch of them, the high schoolers, to school. And every Wednesday, I called Wacky Wednesday, and they had oh, it. Cool. They couldn't get in the car without a joke. Um, and if they made me laugh, I would throw them like blow pops or whatever. But um, they hated my jokes. They were so dumb. I always had the typical dad jokes or mom jokes. But um, Ethan even said to me recently, you know, he kind of missed Wacky Wednesday. So maybe I should be texting silly. Yeah, I, that's, that's great. Me. You're making me think of that. So, well, yeah, and maybe you can, you know, pick up. It's Wacky Wednesday 2.0. Now it's just texting, you know, and and uh, yep. yeah, I, I see. I think that kind of stuff is so good. It's so creative and it's so simple, right? And mm-hmm. 
you know, we, and then, you know, what you just said, Betsy, is a great example. We don't do these things for the response that we see or the feedback we get. We do it because we know these are the core things that go into any quality relationship. And we just do them faithfully and consistently because we know these make a difference. We know that this is what builds a relationship. So we do it and we hope for the you know feedback. We hope to see it making an impact. And I, I believe that we will. I've never worked with a parent on this stuff who did it consistently and didn't see some kind of movement in their relationship. It happens. It just yeah. takes time and some consistency in doing it. So um, that's awesome. This is great. I mean, it's just encouraging hearing that example uh, that you had going with, with with the kids on Wednesday. It's fantastic. Well, this has been super helpful to me personally. Great, <laughs> and I awesome. and I I hope super helpful to my audience. Um, as always, Jay can be found. Well, why don't you talk about where people can find you and follow and join our group? Yeah, sure. The best place to really connect uh, with me and then with Betsy. Betsy, most of you guys know, is uh, her listening audience who've been around for a while. We now co-host Life After 12th. It's a private Facebook group for parents of career-confused teens and young 20-somethings. And this is one of the major uh, focuses that we have in the group. We talk about connecting and relational quality all of the time. Um, because if, if you know if you want to uh, help your teen with career guidance and you want to be involved and active in actually helping them, it, it typically means that there needs to be a relationship there where they're open to receive from you, that they'll they'll respect any kind of you know insight or help that you try to bring to them, and and that won't happen unless there's a, a decent quality relationship there. So that's why we focus on this so much and. Um, yeah, that's a, the, probably the, the best place to, to connect would be there in the in the Facebook group. Betsy and I are super active. We love connecting um, in the group. Once you remember, you can book chats. I have I give away a handful of free thirty minute phone chats or Zoom video chats every week. Uh, that's exclusive for the members in LA twelve. That's what we call it, Life After Twelve. Um, but yeah, we'd love to see you come into the group. Please come hang out with us. Uh, we'd love to connect there. Excellent. Thanks again for being here, Jay. I think you're going to become a, a regular fixture here. Well, I love being on the show. I love the work you're doing and your audience is amazing. I love connecting with parents. So anytime you invite me, I will always say yes. Love to come back again. Okay. I have that recorded. So okay. <laughs> well, that wraps it up for this episode of the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd love it if you would take a minute and give me a rating and a review in Apple Podcasts or in Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe in your favorite podcast player so new episodes will be delivered directly to you as soon as they're available. You can find and connect with me on the High School Hamster Wheel Facebook page. And please consider joining me and my co-host Jay Dusold in our Life After 12th Facebook group where we provide encouragement and help for parents of career-confused teens and 20-somethings. All links and references mentioned during this episode can be found in the show notes on my website at highschoolhamsterwheel.com. The High School Hamster Wheel podcast is a proud partner of the Evergreen Podcast Network. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back soon with another episode of the High School Hamster Wheel podcast. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. 
You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.